The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. For boosted parlays to in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head on over to prizefix.com and use promo code SPP for a 100% deposit match. And next, we're brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, we're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash sgpn. That's sobet.io slash sgpn. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, or you may know it as Raw Dog and Gumby Show, I think is what I've renamed us, so I would be Raw Dog, Jeff Fox, hi, how are you? Uh, episode 102, we will dedicate to all my fellow Commonwealthers out there, happy Boxing Day, if you celebrate Boxing Day, and I, re- I did some reading on Boxing Day, um, Used to be a holiday to give to the needy with like collection boxes and stuff, so that's why the name became Boxing Day. But now it's just turned into another corporate commercial holiday where there's everyone's out grabbing deals like Black Friday, so it's that for you. But I also read that it's celebrated in Massachusetts, which my co host may or may not be from. We'll have to ask him about that in a second. But and if you celebrate Kwanzaa, happy Kwanzaa! Today is the beginning of Kwanzaa so and if you celebrate Christmas I hope you had a good Christmas yesterday um, like I said this is the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and we are the MMA Gambling Podcast and we don't take days off whether it's a holiday or not we are here with the goods for you in case Santa didn't bring you good enough stuff under the tree or in your stocking let's introduce the Gumby of the Raw Dog and Gumby podcast this would be daniel gumby vreeland hello mr vreeland you know what i i want to know in, in yes. all of that background you did how come canada has a uh boxing day but not an mma day but, yeah. oh yeah. a wrestling day right <laughs> yeah you see what i did there um no. and that maybe that's why you guys haven't had a serious title challenger in in uh, since gsp left it's it's <laughs> been it's been too, way too long it's true it is true i'm hoping there's seemingly none in sight either, right? Like nope. we've, we've talked about this pretty, like on Canada Day, I think we talked about this. Yeah. You guys, have, you have a Canada Day. I didn't make that up, right? 
Who's saying? Right, we do. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, it's your Fourth of July type of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you explode things and shoot things and that kind of thing. Not um, as much as you guys, but yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, but yeah, like I mean, like maybe Hakeem Dawudo, but apart from that, oh, not really though. Yeah, yeah like I mean, like he. I, I think he's a long shot, but like it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if he was like a top five guy with like once he ironed a thing or two out. But like maybe Jillian Robertson, I don't know. She probably needs to learn how to box. Um, yeah, box on boxing day. Okay, best boxer in MMA. Go. Boxing. Uh, I actually ooh. Th- so this is a a weird one, but I actually think it's Giga Chikadze. At least kickboxing wise. Um, yes, kickboxing. Like, like yeah. I guess if we, if we turned it into like just their hands, like part of what makes Giga so special is that he he does kick uh, really well, and he's finished a couple of people that way. But then you might have to go with somebody like I, I know Max Holloway is like the tired answer for this one, but like he kind of fits the bill, and that's sort of why on the previous episode where we broke down the fights we badly want to see, I want to see. Max Holloway versus Giga Chikadze, because I think that would be just absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Oh, and they booked a fight that we we called, or you called, right? Yes. They booked the one yes. you want. I was about to say that. Yes, Kaikara Kai France versus Askar Askarov was just announced, and that was one of the the uh, fights that I wanted to see, and Dan was pretty much on board for that, too, even though he had, he had a different choice. So they obviously someone's listening, Dan. Well, and, and I probably... I said straight up, like, while I had different choices, I was like, that's the one that that makes the most sense. That's the one that does the most for figuring out who has the right spot in the right division. And I think uh, the UFC rarely makes those fights when I ask for them. So uh, it's good to see Kaikara France getting a high-profile fight. It's good to see Askar Askarov back because I know he was, like, weirdly hurt and we didn't know what was wrong with him, right? Like, is he backed out of a fight with yeah. – Alex Perez, I want to say, um, and now he's he's back on track. So that's awesome to see and gives us something to look forward to in the flyweight division because there isn't actually a lot of flyweight fights booked apart from that one in the raw dog fight we got coming up. Oh, I'm fighting? No, I don't want to fight. I think you'll be a little bit bigger than most of the flyweights, though. Okay, that's true, but still, I don't think I would do very well regardless. So. <laughs> uh, this actually – feeds in very well to what we're talking about today. We're, we're uh, kind of doing a reset at the end of the year, and we're doing a recap of uh, recap and reset of, of the UFC weight classes, um, basically going through who the current champ is, who's next in line, that type of thing, making some predictions as to who's going to be champ at the end of the year, that type of thing, which we we did that starting this year. Did we not? Did you mark down who our choices? Because I did not mark down our choices, Dan. No, we did. We we did something like that, and I can't even remember the exact format of it. But I definitely don't remember who I picked. And I'm always when I look at the divisions too, I'm always one of those guys who uh, is overly safe with who's going to be the champ because I do like believe, with the exception of bantamweight right now, that the best fighter in all of the actually bantamweight and light heavyweight. I believe the best fighter is currently the champ in all of those divisions. Um, you know, like I think Francis is the best fighter, and I think this guy's the best fighter, and that girl's the best fighter, and all that kind of stuff. But like, shit happens, right? Even if they're the best, shit happens. So uh, I'm not yep. really good at predicting that shit uh, usually. Oh, we've went and done odds. Remember that we did? Um, yeah, 
we did a breakdown because you got uh, sent odds from a book that didn't pay us, so we we left them anonymous. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, about who the champs would be at the end of the year and the the predictive odds of that. I definitely think I took Rose Namajunas though. Yeah, that's that's what well, we'll say you did. I I, I have no <laughs> evidence that you did you did or you didn't do it. So we'll just we'll just say uh, you did regardless. Uh, um. So let's jump into this holiday episode of our uh, podcast. I did, found my notes that, that I had lost. I thought I had lost. So I actually have a kind of kind of have notes, not really have notes for this because we like to do things live on this year's show. Um, before we crack into that, though, let me tell you about Tick Pick. It's college football's bowl season is here. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team play in their bowl game this winter. Use Tick Pick. That's T I C K P I C K. It's the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll need as your go-to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL concerts, NBA, and more. Dan and I will be getting our Bulls, Suns, NBA Finals tickets off of TickPick, even though the Suns crapped the bed last night and gave me and all the other Sun fans coal in our stockings. They did not play well against the Warriors, the undermanned Warriors. Uh, TickPick got rid of all those office service fees that the other ticket sites charge which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So visit TickPick today at TickPick.com slash SGP. That's TickPick.com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you by Prize. Picks. Price picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Daily fantasy simplified. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on your entry. Use promo code SGP and receive 100% deposit match up to $100. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, touch receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. Price picks allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Price picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football. NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PricePix has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both the App Store and Google Play. PricePix is 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. PricePix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. PricePix.com promo code SGP for the 100% deposit match. And Dan, what are we spending our deposit match on? Well, I assume uh, since uh, basketball is just so bipolar right now, we we really can't trust Mm -hmm. basketball, we're probably going to have to go with football. I'm hoping this hits your ears before – well, let's say we'll we'll use the Monday night football games uh, instead. So I'm going to say we'll start with – uh, Tua Tagliabola, who is, and I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong because I say it wrong every time, but Tua, I'm going to take the under on his passing yards. They've got him listed at 229. He's playing the Saints on Monday night. I do not trust that he will get to that number. Um, I'm also going to take in receiving yards for the Monday night game. Hang on one second. I had it right here bookmarked, and now I've lost it. Uh, I am going to take... Uh, Alfred Kamara, I'm going to take the over 22 and a half, uh, because I think he's going to catch a couple of passes out of the backfield on checkdowns, uh, especially because they've got a rookie quarterback in this time. And I just do not trust that a rookie quarterback is going to get it done. And I'm also going to take the over for Kamara's rushing touchdowns, which is half a one. I think he gets at least one, especially because as I said, they pretty much don't have a quarterback this week. 
There you go. Price picks. Promo code SGP for 100% deposit match. And finally, WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana. Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses I have been telling you about. A new users can bet a dollar to win 100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to 1500 bucks as a free bet on WinBet. If you make a first deposit of $20 or more, whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, you bet 100, you'll get $200 free bet. Max wager is 750 bucks, which will match $1,500. Dan, what are we spending that money on now? I'm going to, and this is a wild take, but I'm going to take the Celtics on the road against Minnesota on Monday. Uh, the Celtics, uh, much like your your vaunted uh, Phoenix Suns, blew it pretty hard on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. But but the Wolves, who are going to be at home and have a similar record, and I'm assuming the numbers will come in pretty even, although they're not posted yet because of, as you know, uh, NBA is kind of a shit show right now. So uh, the numbers haven't come in yet, but I expect it to be kind of even, and there's no Carl Anthony Towns uh, for the Wolves. So I think the Celtics are going to be able to uh, hold on there late and beat the Wolves. So I'm going to go with this, this uh, Boston Celtics. There you go. Dan's got all the picks for you today. So that is over on WinBet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For Boosted Parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. All right. You want to start this? Lowest weight class and move up. You want to jump all over the place, start biggest to lowest. How do you want to do this, Dan? I want I want to go low to high. That's always right. the easiest breakdown for me. Yep. All right. We will start with women's straw weight. Um, current champ Rose Namajunas, which we obviously both predicted. Um, I'm, <laughs> throwing, I'm throwing myself in on that too. Uh, she is the champ. She just defended her belt against Zhang Wei Li, um, who she won it from. So she's got her first title defense of this of her second reign under her belt. Um, according to Dana White, which isn't really always the official word, but he uh, says that um, Carla Esparza is next in line for Rose Namajunas, which will be a title fight, uh, sorry, a rematch, which Esparza won their original uh, matchup, which was the Ultimate Fighter finals, because everything comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and she became the inaugural women's strawweight champion. So she's trying to beat Rose once again to become champion. So no date listed for that. Um, Rose just, when was the Rose fight? It was fairly recently, right? Um, yeah, she fought in... A couple months. Yeah, I want to say it was back in September. Am I remembering that right? She doesn't seem to fight super often. No, just checking November. November. Oh, November. She fought twice last year, once in 2020, 2020, once in 2019. So she's not super, super active. Hopefully. Once in 2018. Yeah. So hopefully, probably within next six months, you'd hope um, that fight will happen. Um, so we don't have to predict that. Um, now, after Asparza, who is next in line? Or who could we reasonably see get a, maybe get a, a title shot in 2022? I know it's kind of... 
up in the air because it depends what happens when Rose and Esparza fight, if they're going to end up having to rematch each other, that type of thing. So, But assuming that fight just goes according to plan and it's not too late in the year and we can get another title fight in next year, who do you see next in line? So I, I think you're right. We're probably only going to see two title fights in the straw weight class in this year because it's probably going to take until, I think you said it right, about six months. I'll say in May, maybe late April, early May, we see Carla Esparza versus Rose Namajunas for the title. That probably leaves you with one only one other title fight. Um, if Rose wins, I can't imagine they give another shot to Carla, despite the fact it's one and one. Like, they seem to not want to give the first title shot to Carla, so why would they give a yeah. second one? Um, and if Carla wins, like, she'd be up 2-0 on Rose. And Rose is also not the type of champ who, like, immediately demands a rematch. The first time she lost her title, she went back and won another fight uh, and then fought for the title again. So I uh, I think this is going to be uh, the most likely person to earn – that title fight uh, for the one other fight against whoever wins, Carla Esparza, Rose Namajunas, I think it's probably going to be Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, if you, like, look at the rankings, like, it makes the most sense. But also if you look at, like, just whose stock is the highest right now, she's won three in a row. She knocked out Amanda Hibas, which was a brutal knockout. They made her knock her out three times before they actually yep. called it. Shout out to her, Dean. Uh, then she beat... Michelle Watterson, who is, like, wildly marketable in the UFC loves. And then she beat Mackenzie Dern, who the UFC thinks is highly marketable and everybody loves. And she did that all in a year. She, her 2021 is low-key. Like, she could be a fighter of the year as far as, like, women's – the women's side is concerned. I picked uh, Rose Namajunas as my women's fighter of the year. But I think Marina yeah. Rodriguez is a real argument. Right? Amanda Hebas, Michelle Waterson, Mackenzie Dern is a hell of a 2021. And that's coming off of a 2020 where she only fought once and it was a split loss to Carla, which is also another reason why, like, if Carla won, that rematch is right there. And it's not a bad rematch because it was a split loss the first time. It looks like yep. Marina Rodriguez has gotten better at her grappling defense, judging by the Mackenzie Dern fight. I mean, she even threatened Dern with a submission at one point in time. So... Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see Rose and Carla, and I think Marina Rodriguez is right there. Um, and, and I actually think she's a fun matchup for either of them. Yeah, I, I think she is probably the obvious choice here. She is 34, will be 35 but before um, and she turns 35 in April. So time is not on her side here. Um, Although we, we don't know how women age, really, in the UFC. Yeah, that's true. I, gonna... I will say this. like yeah. they're, they're, uh, People always say that, like, well, in the lower weight classes, you can only be this right. old. But, like, in the women's weight classes, I'm not sure we've yeah. ever seen a time where, like, like can you remember a, a women's fighter who you were like, uh, they're too old and slow now? No, no, it's true. Because it has Angela to, Hill's, like, yeah. fucking 40, isn't she? Like, Not Angela, quite, but, yeah, I get your point. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, so I, I don't think we've seen what happens to women. She's 35, by the way, which is it's not young. How rude. You shouldn't mention a woman's age, and then you added five years on top of it to make it worse. But, yeah. But here's, here's the other thing. You want to get on Jacek? 34. Carla Esparza? 34. Uh, Jessica Penny? 35. <laughs> yeah, Jessica Penny? 38. Um... You know, like Amanda Lemos, who just beat Angela Hill, 34. Uh, so, yeah. like, we're seeing even Zhang Weili is 32. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I think you're right to start to worry about her age. But I also don't think 
like we've seen women in MMA, especially in the UFC, long enough to like really know what the aging curve looks like of like elite level fighters fighting each other. So yeah, her time to strike is probably now just because she had such yeah. a good 2021. But uh, I also think she could be around for a while too, especially with her style too. Like she's just a really technical striker. Yeah, hasn't had a, a a buttload of fights either. Only fought 18 times, so it's mm. not like she's got a whole lot of wear on her uh, tires also. Um, now, she last fought in October. Do you think she, she would have to have another fight or will have another fight before she gets this, this hypothetical title title shot? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and not because right, so who's who's next next in line then? Who who should be fighting for the number one contender? Well, who, along who should with Marina be fighting Hodhiguez. Marina Hodhiguez? Oh um, yeah, we forgot to say Hodhiguez. <laughs> How about Amanda Limosh? Uh, you know, so I think Amanda Limosh would would work for that fight. I think the real answer here should be, um, should be either. Zhang Weili or Yoanna yeah. Jacek. Like, I, sure. I think w- one of those two women should step up and fight Marina Hodhiguez and <laughs> allow us to see if she's, like, ready for Rose or ready for Carla again or, yep. or whatever. I, I think that would make the most sense. However, I, like, it, it seems pretty clear that the UFC dropped Joanna Jan Jacek from the rankings because she was turning down these types of fights. Yeah. Like, I, I think Joanna Jan Jacek only wants to fight. Zhang Weili or uh, another one with Valentina Shevchenko or she thinks she just deserves a title shot. Uh, Weili Zhang might be a little different. She might agree to fight somebody like Hadiguez, but again, the the visa system is like really difficult for her, so like who knows when she can fight. So I think what you're going to wind up seeing for Hadiguez is you're going to wind up seeing her fight somebody like, like Tisha Torres. Um who, like, you know, isn't, like, the most exciting person to watch her fight, uh, but at the same time, like, sort of makes sense ranking-wise, is going to be a showcase fight, and, and granted, she already lost to her once, but she's won three in a row since then. Um, so, like, somebody like Tisha Torres uh, on a rebound, or, or if they don't like the rematch there, oh, man, she already knocked out Amanda Hibas, Dern, Yan Shaonan is coming off a loss. Man, there just aren't really a lot of options. Maybe Nina Nunez, but she's coming off a loss too. So, yeah, like, I think she's going to wind up fighting somebody who she's kind of, like, head and shoulders above, um, which is kind of a disappointment. But maybe she'll just put on such a spectacular performance that it won't risk her title shot. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think we're going to see Marina Hodhiguez fight one more time, and then her last fight will be for the title in 2021. Okay, 2022 give her limosh then uh they're both 34 give her that fight um we also could see a alternate uh reality here where joanna and way lee fight and they jump the line and the winner gets a title shot i think i think the only way that that happens though is a carla esparza title win yeah um or or joanna beats uh white uh way lee because they give way lee another another uh title shot three title shots in in the span of a year or whatever it's been. But it's not that – we're not that far for removes from the two Joanna title fights. She's 0-2 yep. again, Rose, too. You know, like both of yep. them are in search of trilogies with a fighter who, who pretty much beat him – at least I think beat him soundly. She she knocked both of them out the first time and then showed she could go five rounds with him the second time, um, which is – 
probably the most impressive thing she could do, right, is that, like, she beat him with a knockout and everybody questioned, like, oh, was it a fluke? And she was like, no, it wasn't a fluke. Watch me just put it on him for 25 minutes. So, yeah, like, I, I think it just doesn't make sense for either of them to have a title fight again until they've racked up an assload of wins in a row or buttload of wins in a row. Buttload. And, uh, and or Rose drops the title. You said sense. Sense does not come into play here, Dan. This is the UFC we're talking but, about. Hang on a second. So you're right. <laughs> so the UFC doesn't do what makes sense. They do what makes marketing sense. Do either of those fights sell well again? Yeah, I don't think it really matters. Um, it, they're not needle. They're, there's not like a huge needle mover in women's draw weight. So um, I, I think Rose could be that if she fought more often. Yeah, she just doesn't fight enough. I think. Yeah. I think the UFC would really love somebody like Marina Hotiguez getting that title. I mean, I think they wanted, I think they wanted Dern to emerge um, for sure. And I think right. they'd love for Amanda Hebas to, to emerge, but like, I, I think Marina Hotiguez would, would do really well for them as a champion because she's Brazilian and they don't have a lot of Brazilian champions and her style is super exciting. And she also seems willing to fight more often um, whether or not, like, her fights keep getting canceled or whatever uh, is completely out of her control. But, like, she seems willing to fight more often than Rose does. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Not not a ton of needle movers there, so why not do the thing that makes sense? Like, book a title fight with Carla Esparza. Yep. So I, we broke this down in the last episode, I think, and we both picked Rose to win the rematch, correct? I Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take yeah. Rose to, to beat yeah, Carla Esparza. Me too. All right, so we got that and then hopefully she will fight uh Hodriguez, um next year maybe even soon enough that Hodriguez doesn't have to take another fight um so who who's the uh you're mentioning we should match someone who who's going to make big gains this year i guess we can match more than one person um but who's basically our up-and-comer our if, if we're buying stock or if we're if we're buying futures gambling because all you degens out there love love playing futures who who are we buying stock in in this women's strawweight uh, strawweight fight to be maybe be next and next in line after the next in line person? So I don't know if she's next and next in line, but when I looked through the entire UFC roster of strawweights, I had a tough time coming up with somebody who I was like they could make such huge gains. With the exception of one person, stood out as being like this person is going to have a wild 2022, um, and that's Lupita Godinez. Um, I, I actually think Lupita Godinez is going to. I think you're going to see her as a top 10 straw weight at the end of the year, or maybe even higher than that, because first of all, the UFC loves her. The UFC thinks she's like the greatest thing on the planet because she'll fight every weekend. If you let her, she loves yep. fighting. Um, she did only go, she is only two and two in the UFC, which is sort of, I think the reason she's underrated, but one of them was a short notice fight that she took on three days notice. And she lost kind of by like, bad fight IQ or, like, bad game planning against uh, Jessica Penne. And then the other loss was on a quick seven-day turnaround up a weight class where she literally didn't cut any weight. She came in four pounds underneath the limit. So I think, you know, when when you count that, take that into consideration, she's won her last two strawweight fights, including kind of dominating Loma Lukvume, who I'm a big fan of. So I think we're going to see more of that, like, grappling heavy style from her in this year. And, like, it wouldn't surprise me to see her fight five times and win four of them. So I think you might see her much higher in the strawweight ranking. She might not be next next, but, like, 
I think you're going to see huge gains out of Lupita Godinez in, in 2022. Yeah, at the very least, she's going to be a, a fan favorite because of her, her style and, and how often she likes to fight. So, yeah, that's that's a solid pick. Plus, um, we still we can't sleep on uh, the aforementioned Dern or Hebos because they're very, very marketable. Um, and if, if they can put, you know, together even a modest winning streak, then, then they're going to get uh, the rocket strapped to him and, and sent sent to the top of the division. Um, all right, who is our pick for champ at the end of 2022? My, my pick for Rose. Um, um, maybe boring, but I'll I'll go with. You got to think she is the odds-on favorite to still be champ in 2022 and uh, at the end of 2022. And I am actually marking them down this time. So. Oh, all right. So if yes. you're marking them down Pressure. this time, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb for Strawway. I'm gonna take Marina Hodiges. Oh, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, despite the fact she is not next in line, I, I think, and I also just think she's a bad matchup for Rose. Um, of all of the people who could be a bad matchup for Rose, I think she's it because she's so she's like the Joanna Janjacek boxing style, which did give Rose some trouble. Only she's so much longer, right? Like she she fights much longer and less up in close range. Uh, and yeah. I think that gives Rose trouble in the the long run. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say Marina Hodiges is the strawweight champ at the end of uh, 2022. Yeah, just um, out in the limb because there's no guarantee she's gonna get get a title shot. But uh, in 2022, but yeah, her beating Rose is not not uh, super out on the limb at all. It's just the logistics of getting her to that spot. So yeah, excellent. Very. Very good pick. So that is with straw weight. Um, before we move on, let me tell you about PropSwap. Brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. NFL playoffs are around the corner, and PropSwap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. Dan says Cowboys, right? Oh, always Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Joe from Sacramento, that's got to be a fake name, Joe, uh, purchased a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl ticket at odds of 8-1 to one when sportsbooks are only offering 5-1. to one. If you're not using PropSwap, then you are missing out. You can start it today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Um, let's move on to women's flyweights. Current this, one, champ, this one might be a little quicker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Current champ, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, nothing in store for her currently. Do we have a number one contender for her? I think so, right? Is is the number one contender not Talia Santos? Like I, I think mm. it is. I mean, maybe, maybe does she does she maybe need another fight? Maybe, but like I don't know. Like Valentina likes to stay busy, and if you look at the top five in the UFC's rankings right now, she's literally fought and decimated everybody in the top five not named Talia Santos. So I, I think it just makes logical sense. Um, and, I mean, unless Caitlin Chokagian or Jennifer Maya comes out of their fight against one another, looking smelling like roses, yeah. but I, I can't imagine either of them looks good in them. <laughs> I don't, and Lucky. I don't mean to be mean to either of those two, but like they just are the type of fighters who don't win fights like looking good. Um, so yeah, like I, I think Talia Santos 
is the only name that makes sense right now to fight her. And with as active as Valentina Shevchenko likes to be, I mean, I, I think the only reason that contract isn't already signed is because Shevchenko is trying to angle her way into a fight with uh, with the Venezuelan Vixen in order to make sure that Amanda Nunes doesn't get that rematch first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I think the rematch is – well, Dan's already talked about the rematch is going to be the biggest fight in women's, women's – Yeah, so, so why uh, would you jeopardize history. that, right? If, if he yep. really, truly believes that or is hyping it up like that, why jeopardize it? Book Shevchenko with Talia Santos. Yeah, we could do that. Um, we can, if you insist. So we're saying Talia Santos is next in line. Um, seeing if there's any other dark horses I like. Uh, I mean, there's one I like. Manon Fioro? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah Manon Fioro is – she's won three in a row and finished yeah. two of them and looks so damn good. So I, I can't believe – and this is a – a seething indictment of the other people who are on the rankings panel alongside of me. How is she ranked 14th? Like what, and yeah. like in what world is she the 14th best flyweight? Yeah, you mean flyweight. to tell me, you mean to tell me she wouldn't beat Roxanne Modafari? We're, we're going to, we're going to rank Roxy higher than Manal Firo right now or Cynthia yeah. Calvillo. Like no, and no offense to Cynthia Calvillo, but like she has not looked good at flyweight and we're going to rank her higher than Manal Firo. And, and the same could be said of Casey O'Neill, too, who is also maybe a sleeper in this division. Yeah. Like, like she is, like, I mean, she's up there. Is like, putting together a crazy win streak. She's going to fight Roxanne Matafari soon. Those two and Aaron Blanchfield are all crazy exciting prospects at flyweight right now, and any of them could put together a run that would warrant a title shot near the end of 2022. Guess who is also, well, last time I checked, is also ranked ahead of Fiero, Dan? Yeah, I didn't even mention it because it pisses me off that much. <laughs> <laughs> How bad would she destroy Macy Barber, Dan's favorite? She would, she would kill her. <laughs> like, yeah. Man, Manol Fiero would, would light her up with so many punches while she, like, fades to air for most of that fight. Yep. I don't think we can sleep on Andrea Lee. Also, she's uh, pretty popular, one, two straight. Um, I, I could see her. Not that she would necessarily uh, deserve it, but like I said, she's fairly marketable and, and I think popular. She would be, whether or not she she is better than the three women I just named is sort of irrelevant because yeah. I think she could beat right. a Jennifer Maya or a Caitlin Chokagian, and that's really all she needs for a title shot. If you were yep. asking me to, to guess who would get the next two title shots at Flyweight, I would say Talia Santos and Andrea Lee. Yep, very good. So who who's going to make the biggest gains in this weight class this year? Uh, a lot of young fighters that we like. Like you, you've mentioned Casey Young already. Um, you mentioned uh, Macy Barber already, which we're big fans of. So uh, <laughs> who's going to make the biggest gains here? Blanchfield. Yeah, 100% Aaron Blanchfield. Blanchfield. Yeah, 100% Aaron Blanchfield. She is the most exciting prospect. And, and like if I had – if I was – you know, you mentioned putting stock in people – I would put stock in her not just for one year, but for like a career. Like what she did to Miranda Maverick at the age she's currently at. Like Miranda Maverick, I had largely thought of as like the best wrestler in this division. 
And she made Miranda Maverick look like she's never been in, like, a grappling match before in her life, uh, which is incredible. It's really incredible what she did. And not just with, like, double leg takedowns and stuffing Mavericks and, like, underhooks and stuff like that. She did it with, like, judo throws and reversals and, like, all kinds of other things, chain wrestling to get her takedowns. Like, it was an absolute full performance there. And I think there's just not a lot of women at flyweight who can do that. So, yeah, I'm all in on Erin Blanchfield. I think her gains this year are going to be the biggest ones. Yes. Got to be on board uh, with that, especially after after the last fight. That was an eye-opener, What uh, not just how she won, but but how she beat Miranda Maverick. Um, Obviously, champion of the year is going to be Valentina, right? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going out on a limb. Um, because even the the three people who I think are like the most trouble for her stylistically, none of them are going to be ready in 2022. Um, or make the jumps yeah. needed in 2022. Like they they could put together a run, like I said, where they'd be right on the cusp at the end of 2022. But like more likely, we're talking about like an Aaron Blanchfield fight in like late 2023. Um, or something like that. Um, and that's as long as she doesn't have, like, that prospect setback that almost everybody does. Yeah. Um, may, maybe the, uh, the the timing may work out good for her because who knows? Like like Dan said earlier, we don't know how women fighters age, but she will be 34 probably before her next title fight. She turned 34 in March. So um, Blanchfield might be able to hit her up. Maybe two trains passing uh, Shevchenko finally on the way down and, and Blanchfield on the way up. Um, but in the meantime, we see no end in sight to this reign of terror. She's not looked uh, any worse for wear or, or old in her last few fights. Uh, she actually got uh, finishes in her last few fights in three out of four after getting a lot of slack for, for not being the most exciting fighter. She's, she's been finishing people off. So, And her uh, the, the style... She fights. She doesn't take a lot of damage and um, fights smart. So uh, we see no end in sight, right? No, I don't. Not not until she starts to decline or some of this young guard starts to come up. Yep. All right. So yeah, like Dan said, flyweight is a lot. E- it's a lot easier when there's a dominant champ and and uh, some order to the to the weight class. So. Um, Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand-new company looking to grow their early adopter community. they got a slick app, which is fun to use, and one of the reasons we do love using it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get into some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus, they added a cool bonus. If you get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. Totally free to play. Download today on your iPhone or Android. Check them out, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And just a reminder, don't forget about prize picks. Dan, Dan gave you the goods, what you need to know, uh, uh, the picks you need to make. Head over to prize picks. Dot com get signed up today 100% deposit bonus using our promo code SGP bet on Dan's picks if you if he does you dirty then yell at him on our Slack or on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland right that's right you're accepting hate mail always love and hate yes that, that's that's what I uh, a wise man uh, says on a podcast often all right now this is uh, should be should have been easy to figure out weight class but things uh, a wrench got thrown into women's bantamweight 
quite recently. If you haven't heard, there's a new champion and a new sheriff in town, you could say. Um, yeah, Juliana Pena is the champ. Just won it last pay-per-view uh, against Amanda Nunez. Um, yeah, both of them are, what, 32 and 33. So, yeah, uh, it doesn't look like, at least mid-30s doesn't look like fighters are, women fighters are on the decline regardless of, of weight class. Um, so it looks like Nunez is obviously next in line for this unless there's, we got injuries or the UFC gets uh, wanting to, uh, gets desperate for, for getting a uh, another title fight on a card, which they do get to get um from time to time and and they they do a shotgun marriage of a of a fight but more than likely it's going to be nunez versus pena yeah i'm almost positive it will be because nunez is also like she's not like a a champ that has like disagreements with the ufc so like even if they were trying to like rush a title fight they just rush it in another division they very clearly like I mean, we saw it when when they decided to give Surreal Game the, the interim title fight with with Derek Lewis. There were other divisions they could have done that to, right? Like they they could yeah. have done that to any division. They chose one that was not even, you know, the the belt was just freshly on Francis when they decided to do that. They can choose to do that in any division. So they always do it to a champ who is not company friendly. Um, or a challenger yeah. who's not company friendly, and Amanda is extremely company friendly. So they would, they would probably, they're going to wait for her, I think. Plus, it's the biggest fight in women's MMA history, Dan. It's I forgot thousand, about that aspect. It's a thousand percent not. <laughs> it, no, it's not. Now, you you were very adamant that Nunes or Nunez, depending on, on how you want to say it, is going to win the rematch. I'm not so positive, even though I'm not a Juliana Pena fan. Uh, a fan of her, of her in the cage, that is. Um, but yeah, you were pretty adamant that Nunez was going to win the rematch, right? I yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty positive about that. I, I okay. think we saw like a weird off day out of her. I think we saw possibly underestimating her opponent. I I think you're going to come in and see killer Amanda Nunez again and just absolutely put it on Juliana Pena. Um, and it's going to look like we thought the first fight would. Very, very well, could. I'm not going to argue against that. Well, once once the fight's announced, then we can argue against it because we will be on the clock making picks at that point. So, um, can we figure out next in line? I, we're assuming Nunez and and Pena are going to fight. Who's got next after them? Uh, I mean, Ketlin Vieta would not be the wildest answer. Like she she's looked kind of good lately. She she did what she needed lost to win, do. Lost win, lost win. Yeah, but like, so the losses to Yana, yeah, the losses to Yana Kunitskaya, who also has not put together a great run since then. Um, you know, she beat Misha Tate. That holds a lot of weight for some reason. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me of that. But I think honestly, if I'm giving you the real answer, who's next after the Amanda Nunes Juliana Pena fight? It's probably Juliana Pena. Um, yeah, you, you know, like the, the the trilogy fights right there and you don't have another person who is begging for a title shot. You know what I mean? Like, had Macy Chason gone and beat up Raquel Pennington, you, you could you could see Macy Chason getting a fight with somebody like Holly Holm or, or Jemay Durandamy, although Jemay Durandamy just got dropped from the rankings. I'm not sure if she's gone or is she uh, just inactive or whatever. But, like, you could see Macy Chason fighting one of them, and if she, like, surprised to win there she was like a, a fresh name that was exciting but like 
right now, does like a Raquel Pennington win over a Rene Aldana or something like that make you want to put Rocky back in there? Probably not, especially if Nunez wins, who's already beat her for the title one. So, yeah, I'm going to say they probably just do a trilogy fight um, because there's just not a lot of people out there who make sense. And you, you forgot about the overlap with Holly Holm. She's always one. She's right there. One, she's oh, she's fucking always there. right there somehow. 40-year-old Holly Holm. It, it doesn't matter if she wins or loses. She seems to be always right there for a title fight. You're right, favor style. Yeah, there's not a whole lot cooking right now in Bantamweight class. There's only one fight uh, announced, uh, upcoming fight, Jessica Rose Clark versus Stephanie Egger, and that doesn't have top of the weight class uh, implications at this point. So there really is nothing cooking. Um that weight class, so they are going to have to uh, have to get something get something going there, which I'm sure they will. Uh, we're lumping featherweights in with bantamweights, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, ba- champion. they're basically the same people. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, there there is a second fight announced in that weight class okay. too, uh, according to at least my records and what I was looking at on Tapology. Sarah McMahon is scheduled to fight Carol Rosa. Okay, That's going to yeah. happen in Carol Hosa in March. Okay. <laughs> that, that doesn't really make much difference either, though. So, or maybe if, if Hosa wins, she is 4 0 in the UFC. Um, who, who are we buying stock in in this that, class, Dan? That, that's actually part of why I knew she had a fight coming up, is Carol Hosa is my answer yep. to that question. Is If I'm buying stock yep. in anybody right now and at Bantamweight, which in, I really don't think there's a ton to, like, be excited no. about in this division. I, I think nope. her and – I think you could surprisingly see a pretty decent run out of the aforementioned Jessica Rose Clark, too. Um, she's a little bit older. She had a really yep. rough first fight in the division after coming up from flyweight, but she's also, like, made a concerted effort to, like – not just move up a weight class and stop cutting weight, but to, like, bulk up, too. And I, like, don't think she was, like, used to her new strength or hadn't completely finished, you know, the body transformation that she wanted uh, moving up a weight class. And I think she looked better in the, the next one. So it wouldn't be – it wouldn't surprise me to see her put together a nice little win streak. But Carol Holzler, like you said, 4-0, I mean, probably yep. just not being talked about because after her first two fights in 2019, she had almost – uh, you know, whole year off, and then almost a whole another year off before her next fight. But she beat Jocelyn Edwards and Betch Cohea last year, and if she beat Sarah McMahon to kick off this year, I mean, she'd be five and zero, oh, and we certainly would have to start talking about her getting a fight with somebody like fucking Holly Holm. <laughs> yep, that is her nickname. Uh, Dan just named her uh, her nickname there. There is this is a very old weight class. There's only six fighters under thirty in this. This weight class, Hosa would be one of them at, at 26. So, um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to buy stock, she would be – and all the other – excuse me, all the other uh, people under 30 have one one win or no win. So we don't have a whole lot of people um, on the rise there either. So Hosa, I think, is probably uh, the safest choice there. Um, champ at the end of the year, Nunes? Yeah, I'm going to take Amanda Nunes. Or, yep. Yeah, I, I think I will too, even though I'm not re- – positively sold on her being Pena because it's it's up to news whether or not um, she's champion at the end of the year or not. I don't think Pena can actually beat her if, if Nunes is being Nunes, but um, can she still do that? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I, I think safe bet, and I think probably if uh, you were finding future somewhere, she, she would be the odds on favorite to be the champ. Um, 
will it be a featherweight fight in 2022 for the belt? I think that really comes down to what Nunez does in the rematch with with Pena. Like, if she goes in and absolutely just starches Pena, Pena's got some sort of gruesome injury or a terrible concussion, um, and the trilogy fight can't be booked immediately, it wouldn't surprise me to see the UFC start dabbling in the Kayla Harrison market again. Um, Yeah. But, like, I, I think the only reason we're not seeing her fight Kayla Harrison to kick off the year is because she lost to Juliana Pena. Like, I think if she won that fight, the first fight for Nunez in this year would have been Kayla Harrison. So I'm going to say um, it, it sort of depends on that, but I, I would not be surprised if we do. They really could have – they really still could do the Harrison fight. It's not like people are really going to care that much that, that, that Nunez lost. That they could still do the Harrison uh Fight for the featherweight belt, and then have have Pena uh, become the the reigning champ in bantamweight, and, and fight someone in bantamweight, and, and have actually two separate champs going on there. Yeah, I mean they could, <laughs> they could. That that would almost make sense. Yeah, but that's that's sense. Like I said, sense doesn't always come into play here. But they are always desperate for title fights to, to add to uh, add to cards. This would give them two separate title fights, two separate champions. Yeah, and uh, but but I would also say that that does not. I, I mean, like in order for a champion to be like, oh, we got a champion, they they have to believe that they can sell a card with that person headlining, right? Because yeah. because not that two title fights or three title fights doesn't make a card better, but like the the marquee matchup is what sells the the pay per view, and and no offense to Juliana Pena, she's never going to headline a pay per view card and have people like pumped about it you know what i mean like nobody's gonna be like oh man juliana pena versus ketlin vieta that is gonna be an absolute fire pay-per-view yep fire emoji no i don't think too many people would say that you're right so all right so that puts a bow on on the women's classes i guess um anything else that we should say about them that we haven't already dan no i think i think we tackled them all the the two of them are fairly easy yes Plus, we're amazing at what we do here. So, um, you know, this is amazing. So bad. So when did since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. So bad is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. So bad is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to sobet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of fighting with Sobet. Go to Sobet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash S-G-P-N today to join the revolution. And make sure you join our app, Revolution. The SGPN app is live in the App Store and Google Play. Gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And you can get a reminder when these MMA gambling podcasts drops. Um, even though you should be subscribed to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you know when they drop. Um, but regardless, uh, grab our app, give us an amazing review. We would appreciate it. All right. Should we, should we do a uh, men's weight class or should we save those, Dan? 
I'd say we can get at least one or two men's weight classes done. Okay, let's do flyweights then. Um, we already have e, – this is one of the rare title fights that actually are booked. There's not a whole lot of title fights booked, um, at least officially booked, um, even unofficially booked at this point in the UFC. But this is one of the ones we do have booked. It's yet another rematch, a rematch to a rematch. Brandon Moreno, Devison Figueredo. They fought twice. That was just last year, wasn't it? They fought both fights last year. Um, mm-hmm. A draw and a win for Moreno. They are fighting again in UFC 270, which is less than a month away. No, what, three weeks away? Um, pay-per-view next uh, next month. They will be on the the co-main event slot there. Um, Babyface Assassin versus the former champ. Um who are you liking in, in the rematch? I don't think we, we talked about this yet. Who are we liking here? I like Moreno. I, I think uh, we saw in, in in that fight with with Figueredo the first time, you got to remember both guys turned around in like a month's time. We saw a draw, and I was like, well, you know, clearly Figueredo looked better than Moreno. I, I don't think the judges' scorecards were necessarily wrong, but like, Figueredo looked like the better of the two fighters. Um, so I was like, ah, I'll take Figueredo in the rematch. Uh, and then they had full fight camps, and they looked like Moreno was on a different level than Figueredo. So I think we've seen what happens when we have, like, full camp Moreno versus full camp Figueredo. And I think there's no reason to expect that it does anything except for exactly what happened the second time. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Moreno pretty easily here. Yeah, I think Moreno is is the pick. Um Champs generally don't get their belts back very often, even though we're, we're picking noons to do just that. It's it's still is more often than not once they get knocked off the throne that they, they don't get to uh, get back to it. So Moreno is my pick as well. Um, next in line, I think, should be the winner of Askar Askarov and Kai Kara France, which is happening in March. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I think that is March. It is in Columbus, and it's March 26th. So the timing kind of kind of works out, too, um, for that. Um, as for stock, there are quite a few young fighters here, but I think I know who you're going to pick that you're, you're buying stock in. Is it Manal Cap? It is Manal Cap, yes. yeah. Yeah, I, I just – you're right. And I, I think the thing for me about him is, first of all, He's he's really good on the mic. He's like quadrilingual or something like that because he uh, is born to Angolan parents in Portugal and then spent almost his entire career uh, fighting in Japan. So that's already three different continents you hit right there, and now he's in North America and seems to be doing a damn good job there. So, like, the, the guy is globally marketable, so the UFC likes that. And now that he's off of his, like, weird stint uh, when he kicked off his career by having, like, two bad decision losses that he thought he won despite that he threw, like, two punches in them total, um, he's, like, going in for the kill again. He looks really great doing it. Um, He's got a nice combination of grappling and striking, which makes him uh, hard to beat. Yeah, I I think you're going to see Manel Cap uh, towards the top of the division come the end of 2022. Yeah, I think that is the obvious pick. It actually is not so obvious because uh, um, total opposite of, of the women's uh, featherweight slash bantamweight class. This class is mostly under 30. Um, it, 
comes to smaller weight classes, people tend to tend to max out uh, a lot quicker because um, once you lose a step in the light uh, in these lighter classes, you, you're in trouble. So it looks like a little. I'm not not counting, but a little over half of the weight class is under 30, which is pretty remarkable. So there are quite a few um, people who, who we could pick there. Uh, El Jefe, I think Jeff yeah, Molina. Yeah, Jeff Molina. Yeah, uh, youngest guy right in the, the class. Right on the tip of my tongue, too. I almost yep. said Jeff Molina the first time because, like, he's another guy who just, like, every single time he comes out looks better. Um, yep. And a lot of that is working with James Krause because, like, James Krause seems to be uh, slowly becoming one of the best coaches in MMA or quickly yep. becoming one of the best coaches in MMA, depending on how you look at it. Um, but, like, Jeff Molina looks really great. I'll also say this name, and mostly just because I haven't seen him in a while, um, but I think he's got a lot of potential, and that's Amir Albazi. Yeah, you know, like we haven't seen Amir Albazi in quite a while. Um, I'm looking up right now on air because it's the coolest way to do things. Yeah. Um, when the last time we've seen him fight was, but like he is a guy who like in his couple of UFC fights we've seen so far has looked really good. Um, he triangle choked Malcolm Gordon back in uh, July of 2020, uh, and then his last fight was at Poirier McGregor two in January of 2021. So it's been almost a full year since we've seen him beat Shalgas Shumagulov. Uh, he was booked with Ode Osborne briefly and, like, had some other fights set up. But, like, he's not only looked good in the UFC, he's looked good out of the UFC. He fought for Brave for a little while. He fought for Bellator. He's, like, he's a very exciting fighter. And I think if they just – he was able to stay more active, I think we'd see some really good things out of him. So um, I'll throw that name in there, too. Amiro Bezi yeah. is kind of a sleeper. How about Sue Muderji, three and one, only twenty-five. So I like Sue Muderji, um, but there are times where it looks like he has got very bad fight IQ. Um, it sometimes it looks like he knows exactly what he's doing, and sometimes it looks like he doesn't know at all what he's doing. Um, and like I, I think part of that is why we saw him lose his debut to Luis yeah. Molka, um, which was a long time ago. Granted, it was, you know three plus years ago at this point, but like. I, he should have been able to go in there and finish Zaruk Adeshev, and he didn't. Um, so I think like he has a lot of growing up to do. Um, and also, I'm pretty sure he just had ACL surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so like I'm a little bit lower on Sumu Derji than I am yeah. on somebody like Jeff Molina. Yeah, especially uh, if if the uh, I didn't know about the knee surgery. That's definitely not something you want uh, in in a class that you need speed in. So. Um, the champ is only 28. Um, so, yeah, this is class is in very good shape, which we knew it would be if they kept it around because uh, we were always fans of, of flyweight. So, um, Albezi is 28. He's 2 0. Uh, Tigir Ulimbekov, also 2 0 and 28. He's fighting Tim Elliott next. Um, Kai Kara France is only 28. Um, could be one shot, one fight away from uh, title, title shot. Matthias Nicolau. 28, 5 and 1. He's a guy worth mentioning. Askarov's 29. He's 3 0 and 1. So, yeah, there is Brandon, uh, my namesake, uh, Brandon Wayball, the raw dog, <laughs> is uh, 2 and 2, but he's 29. Uh, Alex Perez is uh, 6 and 2, and he's only 29. So, yeah, uh, I, I could keep naming people and it would probably be boring. But, yeah, there is quite a lot out of uh, young blood in this, this class. So, it should be good uh, for, for years to come if uh, the UFC keeps keeps nurturing it like they have recently. They seem to be all on board for it, and I don't see why they wouldn't want uh, as many healthy weight classes as they can because, like I said before, they are always – they love loading up pay-per-views with two title fights, sometimes even three. So the more 
champs, uh, legit champs in legit weight classes, the better. So um, that's why we want women's atom weight to be uh, started also, right? Yeah, I, I would love a women's atom weight division. <laughs> exactly. Um, a lot of women's straw weights, uh, straw weights in the UFC currently would, would love it too, plus a lot of Invicta fighters would love it also. Um, all right, champ, at the end of 2022, I'll, let, I'll pick first instead of putting you on the – on the spot all the time. Um, am I going to go Brandon Moreno? Let's go on the limb. I'm going to say Askar Askarov. I'm actually going to take Askar Askarov too. Oh, oh, that's no fun. Yeah. All right. I, I, we, yeah, his we, wrestling is something else. Yeah, and in addition to that too, like we say his wrestling is something else, but if you remember when he beat uh, Joseph Benavidez, um, who yeah. a lot of people thought for years was the second best flyweight in the world behind Mighty Mouse, like – he beat, I think he was, yeah. Yeah, and, and and then a lot of people thought he was the second best in the world behind Davison Figueredo for a little while, right? Yeah. Like, And then yeah. he stepped in with, with Askarov, and not only did Askarov, like, wrestle him up a little bit, he looked great boxing, too. Like, and I think people sleep on how good his hands are because he's a Russian dude with a Russian last name, and we think he automatically is just going to wrestle you, but, like, he can outbox a lot of people too. I think he's a bad matchup for Kaikara France, which is kind of sad because, like, yeah, I'd almost really like to see Kaikara France versus Brandon Moreno. Um, yeah, I, I think that Moreno Askarov. Uh, yeah, and we did already see that, and it was a draw. Be a winner. It was a draw in a really weird draw where two judges gave Askarov the first and second round, but if you look at media scores, very few scored it for Askarov, if I'm remembering right. Like almost everybody scored it for Moreno. Um. And, like, one judge gave Moreno the last round, but one judge gave Moreno a 10-8 last round. And then one judge, for some reason, gave none of the rounds to Askar Askarov. It was very weird set of scorecards. But I think that also was, like, a nice narrative, right? If he beats Kaikara France, there's no reason not to give him that fight. And I think he, like I said, kind of just a bad matchup for, for Moreno and for Kaikara France. A couple of things going against Askarov. Doesn't finish fights, which I guess isn't a huge deal in, in flyweight, but he hasn't finished any of his uh, UFC fights. And he, in terms of championship fight um, weight limit, he came in two pounds over that weight. He was 127 for his last fight against uh, Joseph Benavides. So that's something that I, I, I know they keep in mind, or, or you, you would think they keep in mind when, when booking uh, championship fights because they do not want one of the people in a championship fight coming in overweight because that makes it not a championship fight, which ruins all their marketing for it. Yeah, I think that's mostly why we're seeing the trilogy fight and not him get his title shot right away, though. Yep. Like, yep. I, I, I I, think that is 100% it because I don't think this fight is much more marketable than, although probably a little bit more marketable than Moreno versus Askarov. There, there was already, like, a a narrative there of the, they drew the first time and he's getting his shot now and he just beat the hell out of Benavidez who everybody thought was the two way for a really long time. So there was already a lot of things there for Askarov. And I think the only reason they're making him fight again is because he came in overweight. So I think as long as he makes weight and he beats Kaikar France, I think this is his title shot. Would be a uh, very good story. It would be the UFC's first death champion um, if he does become champ. So that would be, very interesting. Do you want to rip through Bantamweights, or you want to make people wait for that, Dan? Let's rip through Bantamweights, because then All we right. will have done 50% or, or damn close to it. Yep. All right. Now, this, we're talking about how uh, you have to be, you know, young for, for um, these weight classes. Bantamweight, not this one. <laughs> not so much. Your eye favor, technically, still uh, listed as a fighter. 42. Guido Canetti, 42. Frankie Sayans, 41. Frankie Agger, 40. 
Raphael Sunsau, 39, and it just goes on and on. So, yeah, it's uh, not uh, – well, the, the – not even – like I was going to say the top of the division is is not super, super young either. Aldo is still up at the top of the division. He's 35. Um, Dominic Cruz just got another win. He's 36. The champ's 32, so it's not super – Super young man's game, but uh, current current champ is Aljamain Sterling. Uh, won it. Um, he, he he's been cast. Uh, he was the victim, but he's been cast the um, cast the uh, villain. I think villain. That's himself. the word I'm looking for. Cast yeah, himself he, he, is the villain, right? Like, yeah, he, I I, th- I think it was starting already, and he kind of just uh, accelerated it and, and embraced it, which is is fine. But. Uh, and then he hasn't done himself any favors by not fighting since then either. Um, which probably not, uh, it seems like legit injuries and stuff and surgeries and whatnot, but yeah, he's been out of action since uh, winning the belt via um, disqualification against Petra Jan early last year. Um, So that fight, the rematch was scheduled already, and he, Aljamain Sterling, already pulled out of it uh, again because he had to have surgery of some some sort. So Petra Jan is technically the interim champion, even though we don't really, we don't um, in on on uh, the MMA Gambling Podcast, we don't. Um, what is the word I'm looking for, Dan? We don't. Why? Why can't I talk this morning, Dan? We don't <laughs> recognize. Re- recognize isn't even a hard word to remember, but recognize. <laughs> we we don't recognize in interim champs, correct? Uh it depends on the circumstance. Um, I guess. I, I think in this instance, I do recognize him as the champ, but mostly because I really recognize him as never having lost his belt um, in a dominant performance where he made a yeah, dumb mistake. Like he's kind of still the champ in my mind. Um, and in addition to that, like they legitimately decided to put one on because the champ had neck surgery. So it's not like, yeah, so, like I, I don't, good. I don't recognize Surreal gain as an interim champion. Um, no. They made that fight just to spite uh, Francis Ngannou. Um yep. But in the same token, like, so that fight had no business being made, or you could have just made it without the interim title. Whereas, like, Jan deserved a shot for the title. As dumb as his DQ was, yeah, book him in a title fight. And it gave Corey Sandhagen a chance to get a title fight in there. And it was maybe one of the top five most exciting fights of the year. So I'll give him that. Yep. Are you, do you agree with me in uh, my thought that if a champ can't defend within a year, then they should have the, belt strip from them um, regardless of situ- regardless of situation just to keep the weight class going it's hard to say that though because like so i agree with you that it would be nicer if there was like some sort of uniform policy surrounding what they do with belts but what happens when like you know like Amanda Nunes went up a weight class to fight and defend that belt. She comes down a weight class or comes back down to fight at her regular weight class um, for her other belt after she wins it off of uh, Juliana Pena in the rematch. And then it's at like 11 months that she hasn't defended that title. And then she like sprains her ankle or something like that. We're just going to, yeah. you know, like the fight was already booked and it's probably got to be pushed back a month because it's a light sprain and she'll be fine. But like, Oh, the book says we got a stripper. So uh, it's hard to have like a uniform policy on that. Like if, if they're not booked for a month or a year and like there's no booking in sight, sure, strip them yeah. or do, uh, you know, I don't mind. I'll be honest. I don't mind the interim title fights when there's a reason for them. 
Like, yeah. if there's a reason for him, if, by all means. Because, like, it doesn't change my view of the division. If it sells better for the UFC, like, cool on you guys, and hopefully it helps get the whoever's fighting for it get paid better. Like, right? Like, hopefully Piotr Jan got paid better for that yeah, yeah. fight than he would have if it wasn't a title fight. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it. It's basically a number one contender fight where it mandates that person gets a title shot. Yeah. It's a little frustrating here, just because it seems to be never-ending dragging on. Plus, this is one of the most stacked weight classes the UFC has in terms of quantity and quality. There's like 70, I'm looking at my list of fighters uh, who have fought within the last year. There's about 73 phantom weights. I'll buy who, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who are, and, and a lot, most, not, I wouldn't say most of those, but obviously a very, uh, there's a very um, high-end uh, elite here. A lot of people who or a fight or two away from a title fight, you think, or a lot of people have very bright futures. So um, hopefully Yan and Sterling can happen very, very soon. Uh, we're picking Yan in that fight, I think. Of course, yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. By, by like 37 straight leg sweeps. Um, there you go. And foot sweeps and trips and all kinds of fun takedowns like that. Who is who is next in line? After that, I think it's got to be, this pains me to say in, like, the most brutal way. I think it's got to be TJ Dillashaw, right? I thought you were going to say Frankie Edgar. No? Uh, no. <laughs> Frankie, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it feels like probably. Dillashaw. I kind of want to see Dillashaw Aldo. Am I crazy in saying that? No. Like, that, that would be such a fun fight. Um, But, like, I, I could conceivably see Dillashaw Aldo or Marab Devalishvili find their way into a title fight in 2022. Yeah, you probably would think Dillashaw, he seems to just be sitting around waiting for a title shot, is he not? It seems that way, but he did fight not that long ago, right? Yeah, I know. But but there's nothing, that, I mean, there's um, there's been no rumors uh, otherwise of him fighting anyone, anyone other than, than for the title, right? I think that some of that's the knee injury, too, because he suffered a knee injury when yeah. he fought San Hagen. San Hagen yep. wrenched yep. on a heel hook and it popped something in his knee. It wasn't serious, but it did require time off. So, like, I, I think some of it's that he can't just get right back to a camp. Some of it's he's trying to feel out whether or not uh, Aljo is just going to back out of this rematch with Jan and he can just pop himself into that. Um, yeah, but true. if, like, the UFC came to him and was like, you got to fight Jose Aldo or you're not getting a title shot, I think he'd do it. Yeah. Um, but after after January 19th, so as of when the clock strikes midnight on uh, the starting of – or 12.01 on January 20th, it'll he'll have had one fight in the past three years. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not so – not so hot. So yeah, I I think that probably makes sense for um the next the next title shot would be would be him both in terms of of marketing and and sales and probably probably in terms of uh, uh being most justified guy to to get the next shot. Um, big gains or or uh, who we buying stock in this? Uh, there could be quite a few people in this because like I said, it's a very stacked class. Um, I am going to pick Sean O'Malley because he's I, I think proven he, he's basically passed except for one time passed every every challenge put in front of him and they're very gradually seem to be ramping it up for him so I think uh he would be the guy I would want to uh get the most stock in even though Ricky Ricky Simone uh, may be a close second because he looked very good that could be Reese Z bias for me but but he also looked very very good and I like his hair yeah. So, uh, first of all, I would say it's not recency bias because he's looked good pretty much his whole yep. career. Like, I think people forget that he beat Marab Dzalashvili in one of his first or his very first UFC fight, um, although that, that finish was kind of controversial or whatever. But um, 
So I had three names that I had circled for this division. The the number one being Ricky Simone because yep. he he's just such a, like a bullish wrestler. I think he I think he does the Marab Dvalishvili thing to a lot of people in this division where he's like a crazy wrestler and he chains things together well. But I also think he's 40 times better of a boxer than Marab Dvalishvili. Um So I think him – I actually didn't have Sean O'Malley in my like stock to buy list because the UFC doesn't seem to get along with Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley seems to have an understanding that he can make a lot of money uh, through yep. endorsements and sponsorships and doesn't need to go through the UFC to make a lot of money. He just needs to, like, show up a couple of times a year, beat the shit out of somebody who's meaningless, and he gets, like, eight times his income through uh, Twitch and in Fight Week endorsements and all that kind of stuff that uh, the UFC can't touch, whereas the UFC can sort of set their price on him. So. I think he's found that out, and I think the UFC doesn't like it. Um, so I don't think you're going to see him make big games because I think he's going to keep fighting guys who are just outside of the rankings. Um, so other people who I did have listed, so, you know, Ricky Simone's already in the Bantamweight rankings. I'm going to go a little bit further just outside of the rankings and somebody who's brand new. So just outside of the rankings, Nate Manis. Um he had kind of an up-and-down performance against Tony Gravely last time out, but he is 3-0 and in the UFC. He does have wins over, like, other UFC vets like Jesse Arnett outside of the UFC. He's got, like, a fun mixture of, like, a really good wrestling game and clearly can box a little bit. And, like, he's just, like, a really well-rounded fighter. Um, so, like, I really like Nate Manis. I also like Sedio Cobb Krokramanov. Um, out because of you want to brag that you can say the name, right? Ooh, I stumbled on it a little bit there. Krokramanov, <laughs> um, which I fixed the second time. But Sadio Cobb Krokramanov. Ooh, had to take a pause, but Ooh. I got it. Um, I really like him anyway. Um, he had a really great debut by beating Trevin Jones, who everybody was really high on. He's got a win on the regional circuit over Askar Askar. Not Askar Askarov, Askar Askar. Um, and he's already got a fight booked with Brian Kelleher in 2022 um, on the first card of the year, which I think if he wins that, it's like going to catapult him up. You know, like Brian Kelleher is a good enough name to start really talking about this guy. And he's he's exciting in a lot of different ways. You know, one-touch knockout power at Bantamweight. It's like a weight that more than a couple guys have. But um, I think he's really going to show what he's made of in this year. And Timo Yama is kind of like a – good gym for lighter weight classes too. So he's got like a thousand good training partners. Yep. That, that is the probably, probably underrated gym. Um, they do have a lot of, a lot of good fighters there. Um, Cookie Monster goes there. Does she not? Carla uh, She at or, least used, she used to. to. I, yeah, yeah. She used to back when, um, so that gym's first big star was Ian Uncle Creepy McCall. Uh, right. And I think back when he was there, she was there too, but I'm not, sure she still trains there she might do like some cross training and train at different places now but she definitely was there for a little while right um now uh wrapping up bantamweights there are a lot of uh like i said a lot of old fighters but there also is a lot of a lot of uh, young fighters which isn't surprising with this being another what, 135 pounds a very um light weight class song Yudong, uh should he should get mentioned 24 years old seven one and one in the ufc he's probably having his what biggest fight next versus marlon Moresh. Um, and that is in March 12th. So if he gets a win there, you, you can see uh, him get propelled up very quickly because he's a uh, Chinese fighter in the UFC, um, as we saw with uh, Zhang Weili. They're very keen on, on 
cracking that market. So um, even if Jong even if Jong disagrees, yes, so. super fan <laughs> Jong w- would not like that, but uh, that's just the way it is. Kyler Phillips, three and one, twenty six years old. Jack Shore, uh, definitely should mention him. Uh, maybe he's like this class is so stacked. He, he's probably um, got another at least another year to wait. But he's fifteen and zero as a pro, four and zero in the UFC. He he just uh, got a huge fight book too. Um, yep. He was originally supposed to fight uh, Umar Nurmagomedov, who dropped out of that fight already, and now it's against Timur Valiev, which is uh, an absolutely insane fight. And that's in March also. And we got Sean O'Malley, twenty seven. He's seven and one. Um, Benito Lopez is two and one. He's twenty seven. So yeah, there's a lot. Miles Johns is three and one. He's twenty seven. Adrian Yanez, twenty eight, is four and zero. Oh. Nathaniel Woods, twenty eight, is four and two. He's still called the prospect, but in bantamweight, you're you're right on the uh, on the cusp there of, of being old. So you may not be able to be called the prospect much longer. But um, point being, uh, Piotr Jan's only twenty eight, and he's he's the uh, interim champ. Um, Marlon Vera is still 29. That's surprising, eh? 12 and 6 yeah, UFC. He, 20. Yeah, he's been in the UFC forever. But you can say the same thing about Sonia Dong. Is, did you say yeah. he was like 24 or 24, something? yeah. Yeah, that's insane because I feel like I've been watching him in the UFC for like a decade. When did he make his debut? Well, he's already fought nine times in the UFC. He's 24, so... Um, I think he was 21, so I, I think he was it was probably two or three years ago. 2017, um, exactly, yeah. almost uh, November 25th, 2017, so... His only UFC loss was to Kyler Phillips, and he drew with Cody Stamen. So he, he's got quite the resume here. Um, yeah, he just head kicked, TK head kicked and uh, punched Julio Arce for for his last win. He beat Casey Kenny before that uh, split decision. So yeah, Marlon Vera he's already beaten. So yeah, he's he, I think he's one that we should uh, keep an eye on also as well. Like I said, if if he beats Marlon Moraes, you could see him uh, moving up very quickly. Yep, absolutely. Also, the, right. in, the interim got on it. Carlos Barza is still at Team Oyama. All right, good. Good to hear. Um, champ end of the year, I'm picking Jan. Me too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, head and shoulders. seems to be the, the best guy in the weight class. And he's right right basically in, in the pocket of, of his prime for, for this weight class. So you, you can see him going strong for another couple of years, at least at the top. Um, if he can ever officially get back to the top again, um, that's been out of his hands though. Well, it, it was, it was in his knee uh, actually originally. And then he, uh, and since then it's been, it's been out of his hands. So, all right. So that wraps up everything up to ban and weight. And we have plenty of more, uh, fight, uh, plenty of more, uh, podcasts coming up before the UFC rolls again, even though we do have some, um, Oh yeah, but uh, maybe next podcast. I think we, we were thinking about breaking down at least maybe Ryzen, uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, their big. New oh Year's yeah, Eve yeah. We've got. I can at that. least um, I can at least give you a couple of picks for it. I don't know if I can break down the whole thing because they have some insane shit going down in that yeah, Oh yeah. Sometimes they always do. Uh, Saki uh, Takakabara is it puts on some just weird shit. Um, did I hear? Am I mistaken, or did I see that um, Tension is um, who's like a really good kickboxer for That's those that don't know? Yeah, is is he kickboxing um, um, Taki Gomi? <laughs> uh, Tension uh, Tenson, or however you say his name. Uh, let, me, let me check. I did hear something. I think he's um, I think he's kickboxing Taki Gomi, like old ass Taki Gomi. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Um, 
Yeah, where? Which would be insane. Gomi's yeah. so old. Like, isn't he? Is he forty something? Ah, uh, he would have to be by now. You think? Um, yeah, because like he was fighting. He was fighting in the UFC. Like way, way back when. Like, I, I remember watching him when I was in college fighting Kenny Florian, and I was like, what? Yep. And, and he was not young then, either. Like, <laughs> Nope. He is 43. Oh. And the Fireball Kid. I don't know if I don't know if we can call you a kid anymore. You call him that. Uh, at that point. Yeah. So, he may or may not be fighting. I haven't seen any info on it, but yeah. It's, they always have wacky stuff going on. Um, Japanese uh, New Year's used to be Pride used to have this used to be the big Fedor Fedor time uh, New Year's Eve in uh, in Japan would be would be Fedor time he, he would either be fighting a, a can or um, okay. or Nogera yeah pretty <laughs> much always right and the outcome would always be the same he he would always be in danger no matter even if he was fighting a can he would find himself in danger somehow and would somehow win so. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll break that down next podcast, which will be Wednesday. We'll be back. Uh, also, we can do some more of the weight class breakdowns, recap, that type of thing, um, and we'll go from there. If you do have any questions or, or comments on what we've spoken about or ideas or questions that you'd like us to speak about in the future, uh, Twitter, I'm Jeff Fox, writer. He is Gumby Vreeland, or the SGPN Slack, which has been jumping um, like it always is, uh, sign up to the SGPN Slack. There's a billion different sports there. There's a, a movie uh, board. There's a food board, which is uh, especially busy this time of year with everyone showing their Christmas feast. So um, always lots of fun in there. People were very desperate on the Slack um, on the 24th because there was absolutely nothing to bet on. <laughs> so uh, we got some real hashtag the gen behavior there. Uh, people were betting on Russian uh, ping pong. Um, and then on the, on Christmas Eve, and then when that uh, ended, they moved to Russian women's volleyball. Was the only thing left to bet on, and they were I betting saw, on it. I saw some people on badminton in there, so perhaps yep. perhaps to you guys if you're kidding on that. Exactly, but but sports is back in uh, full swing once again um, after that law. But yeah, anyhow, the slackboards lots of fun. Uh, not a bad apple among the bunch and there's, there's good people in there. So you can, you can hit us up in there too on the fights board or just directly out at, at our names in there. Um, read all our stuff. Sports gambling podcast.com. Dan did a uh, NBA Christmas day uh, DFS roster, which got a lot of views. Did, did you do all right? I know your boy and Bogdanovich pick didn't turn out very good, but I think some of your picks turned out all right. But my, which the Boyan Bogdanovich or the Bogdan Bogdanovich? <laughs> you, you did because both. I think I had, I Boyan was like bo- I doubled down on my Bogdans or my. Uh, but like one of them did really well. One of them was pretty much what I expected from him. Like he he gave me, uh, I think he gave me twenty two points, which is what I expected out of the lesser of the two Bogdanoviches. But the other one was absolutely on fire. He went for twenty five uh, in four boards on four three pointers. Um, I also had Patty Mills and uh, James Harden, who absolutely lit it all up, and Robert Williams, uh, who had a wild day for the Celtics with 11 points, 14 boards, and a couple of blocks, too. So that's the type of stuff you get over the uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. we got every sport covered. NFL, obviously, is is in full swing now. so you want to head over there, or if you just want to read our MMA stuff, we got MMA stuff on there, obviously, or MMA-manifesto.com is where you can get all of our writing. Um, whose turn is it to say bye? Is it my turn or your turn? It doesn't matter. 
I think you got me two. You made me do two in a row last week. Oh, so I'm sorry. One, How horrible of on, me. I think this one's on you. Well, I am Raw Dog Jeff Fox. Uh, sign you off. Uh, I'll say goodbye. Uh, to and from my best friend in the world, my BFF, uh, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. We'll hit you back up on Wednesday with some wacky Japanese New Year's Eve fighting picks. Bye-bye.